RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. You are listening to Warp and Woof Radio. We are here every Wednesday morning from 10 until noon. We are dealing with all kinds of issues with all different kinds of groups and folks in the house. Really grateful this week to have B-Men Inc. with us, a whole group of men who are going to change Indianapolis simply by their lifestyle and being here. My brother and compatriot H.B. Bell sitting over at the main main channel over here, giving us make, making sure we are on air. Just a word about Cominius, uh, Cominius Institute. We do a number of things. We provide a bridge between high school and college for Christian young people going into public university. We provide a bridge between communities, something we're actually doing right now on the radio, so that folks around Indianapolis get to know each other and uh, interact with each other. And we also provide a bridge for Christians into culture. So we deal with all kinds of cultural issues, not only here on the radio show, but also in my writing. So if you're at all interested in checking some of those things out, go to warpandwoof.org. That's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. And you'll see all kinds of writings there, podcasts, sermons, things uh, uh, on video. Just started a series on Old Testament overview. All of those kinds of things you can find there. I just wrote an essay yesterday about the awfulness of Las Vegas. We stand with Las Vegas, silent arms around shoulders for them and praying for them still and for all of the awfulness that they have suffered in the last few days. Uh, We reach out to them in that way. Uh, We are going to, this morning, deal with the issue of black men in leadership in Indianapolis, one of those great opportunities that we have to interact with folks that are uh, just really folks that need to be heard. Uh, Last week we dealt with women in leadership around Indianapolis, and we had in four uh, lovely ladies who are doing great work in various venues around Indianapolis. So we're really grateful for that. Looking forward to this show today, we are going to take a musical break, some slow, smooth jazz, and we will be right back. Warp and Woof Radio. My word, I am DJ this morning without my sidekick, partner, and brother, H.B. Bell. He's sitting over there with a big smile on his face, managing the big board. We are here. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio on RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We are sponsored by the Cominius Institute. Cominius is named after John Amos Cominius, famous Moravian pastor from the turn of the 17th century, uh, who actually gave us things like the encyclopedia and the fact that women should be in education. Back in the day, that was not the case. So we are uh, glad to promote educational emphases. We certainly do that on this show. Uh, We do that down at IUPUI. Warp and Woof is the vertical horizontal threads that make up fabric. And as Christians, we are interested in in understanding that Jesus, Colossians 1.17, is the one who holds all things together, as Colossians says, and that's what we are doing here today. So on our programs every Wednesday, uh, I bring in a whole bunch of different (coughs) folks dealing with different kinds of issues, and this week we are just pleased to have B-Men, Inc. in the house. We have five men from around Indianapolis who are doing good things. The emphasis from Titus chapter 3, do good, do good, do good. And y'all are in here this morning. Thank you ever so much for uh, being here with us. Uh, I'd just like to take a a few minutes here, kind of go around the table and introduce yourselves, uh, talk about a little bit about what you do and uh, your connection to B-Men, Inc. So, Terrell, why don't you begin since, uh, you know, you're the man who kind of kicked (laughs) this baby off. Yeah, so uh, my name is uh, Terrell Sarver. I'm the founder and CEO of B-Men Incorporated. And uh, I'm married uh, for eight years. I have three wonderful daughters. 
uh, Justice, London, and Riley. And uh, I'm also an elder at my church, uh, Life Restoration Church, where my pastor is uh, Pastor Keith Jones. And uh, he's here today, and so we're glad that he's here. But, yeah, that's that's me, you know, in a nutshell. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all about family. I'm all about ministry. I'm all about uh, men as well. Mm-hmm. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. R.L. Yes, Roy L. Cunningham. Hello. Uh, I'm Roy L. Cunningham. I'm, uh, I'm an elder at Cathedral Praise uh, Bible Way Church, uh, where my pastor is Bishop Edgar Allen and Pastor Rebecca Merriweather. Uh, I have two wonderful children. Uh, my daughter is just about to get married uh, in October, so I'm excited about that. Congratulations. Yeah, and then my son, uh, Noah, just went off to school. And uh, right now I'm working on, I have a ministry called Kingdom United. And uh, what I do is uh, help church leaderships uh, to uh, help integrate members into ministries. Uh, it's one thing I found out over the years being in churches that uh a lot of times uh, members uh, may not know their place, mm. so I kind of come up with a curriculum to kind of help church leadership and pastors and mm. how they can get that flow going. Mm. So I'm just grateful to be here. Yeah, we're grateful that you're here. You're yeah. a curriculum writer, man. Look at well, that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm still hammering away on it. Yeah, you, yeah. you hammer away, man. Yeah. That's great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The most important, I think, uh, writings actually that come out of uh, – our minds and out of the spirits uh, movement is curriculum because that's the thing that's going to move people throughout the re- throughout yeah. the future, uh, certainly young people. And then we have Pastor Jamel Christmas. Thank you Christmas, so much for Christmas. being here. P- pleasure to be here. Uh, my name is Jamal Christmas. I am assistant pastor at Rise Above It All Ministries, where the pastor is the senior pastor is Joyce Christmas, who happens to be my mother. Um, I am married to Lashandra Christmas. I have two children, Jamal Jr. And Lashaya, Christmas. Um, I am a spiritual life coach at the at the ministry as well. Me and my wife, uh, who has she's my partner as well in the life coaching business. Um, and uh, I'm also an exterminator. So um, I didn't I don't want to say that, but you know. All right, well, we better <laughs> we better watch ourselves here. <laughs> yeah, we got the exterminator the guns. My commitment to uh, the ministry or to the church is really just to uh, deepen uh, people's perspective and trust with God as far as, you know, God wants to take us higher, but sometimes we don't want to go. And uh, we got all kind of reasons. So, you know, God gave us a word, me and my wife, as far as it it was uh, kindle. So we are to kindle people, which is to ignite a flame Mm. of uh, something deeper. Mm. So that's that's our my commitment to the. Mm. The, the ministry the christmas house is lighting candles <laughs> man i that is not lost on me at all i love that I love that metaphor man that just kind of stands right out there and pastor jones we are just pleased that you are here thanks so much for spending some time with us tell us about yourself and your ministry well mark thank you for uh, allowing us to be here and elder allowing me to be a part of be men first of all and uh, so i just want to give those accolades first and then uh, as far as i'm pastor jones keith jones senior 
senior pastor at Life Restoration Church here in the in the city of Indianapolis on the north side of of, uh, of the city. Um, been in ministry for all my life, really, really, as far as uh, just different aspects of ministry, uh, music ministry, trustee, um, over the minister's council, praise and worship, did out pretty much in, in, in and everything as far as the church is concerned. So understanding logistics of ministry, uh, I really have a good background with that. And, that, and therefore, God called me to life restoration. Um, and I believe that we do need a revival. We need restoration with the lives of people in the community. You see what's going on now with the things that happened in Las Vegas, uh, the things with uh, the, all the hurricanes in Puerto Rico, Texas, Florida, and what have you. And I believe that, that the church has a mandate uh, to restore life, passion, and purpose to God's people. And that's the model that we use with Life Restoration Church. Uh, shout out to my wife. She's my executive pastor, Carol Jones. Uh, we work together in ministry. And the testimony of how the church was launched was based off of my wife and I, our testimony of how God restored our marriage, mm. uh, literally on the brink of divorce and separation, and God restored us literally within uh, several weeks of, of divorce, mm. and God maintained us, restored us, and now here we are in ministry together, mm. working together, trying to be a, 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 a light in the midst of darkness mm. uh, based on everything that is going on. Uh, in addition, I am an entrepreneur, so I own my own business. I own my own printing business here in the, in, the, uh, in the city of Indianapolis downtown. I do a lot of printing for churches here in the city. Uh, shout out to all the pastors that send me that work. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, and then my commitment to the, to the faith is um, just not use the church as a platform, but use the church as a central resource. Mm. And I believe that, that once we understand the logistics of that, mm. that church should be the central point of the community. Mm. If the church doesn't have it, we should be able to point you to it. Mm. And, and therefore, I think that's the reason why the church should be able to connect with all the different organizations in the community to the point that, hey, if we, don't, if we cannot personally provide it, guess what? We have a connection. We have a partnership that we can send you to mm. to get you the help that you need. Mm. So That's uh, fantastic stuff. I, the, when you talk about restoration, for instance, it reminds me of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where... Uh, Scripture is very clear that we are called to be agents of reconciliation. Right. Well, we are to be bringing people back together. I see you nodding your yeah, head. Yeah, and it actually, it's Second Corinthians five and eighteen, which is the ministry of reconciliation, and mm -hmm. that's—I I don't know if that's where you were going, but that's our base. That's our base scripture that we utilize for life restoration, yeah. life, restor uh, life that, restoration church. Oh, that's really great. Well, it's, it's so nice to be so smooth in our in our <laughs> transitions here. That's that's really good. <laughs> well, since you're all sitting around the table, I think. It's really powerful to say something about uh, the book that's come out, uh, Transformed, and uh, Terrell Sarver has uh, put together this book with uh, you and a number of other yeah. uh, great men here in Indianapolis, and I thought it would be interesting uh, to just say a word about how y'all are connected with each other. I mean, this is, this is an unusual event, you know, frankly, mm -hmm. that men get together. First of all, there's number one, that right, men get right, together at all. Right. Uh, number two, that we have such strong leaders in this group of men that you brought together. I mean, this is really phenomenal, fantastic stuff. So I would love to hear just, you know, snippets, uh, whatever you want to share about how you all know each other, uh, the connections to the book, perhaps, uh, things that you've done in the past, the reason why you're here today, you know, whatever, whatever this goes uh, 
you know, let's start out with Terrell. Terrell, how, how did you bring this thing together? And then uh, talk about the book a little bit, if you will. Yeah, so basically it all started after uh, I had a health scare. And uh, so in 2015, I passed away. I uh, coded twice. I uh, uh, was in a coma for eight days. Uh, heart stopped eight times while I was in a coma. But it was after I uh, woke up when God clearly started speaking to me. Mm. And uh, as far as the direction in my life, and there was some things. He dealt with me first. He was kind of telling me, you know, why certain things were, uh, were going on in my life and what I needed to change and correct. But then also he told me that he loved me. Mm. You know, after the rebuke, he told me he also loved me. Then he gave me directions. And one of the directions was to to bring men together because some of the mistakes and stuff that I made in my past when it comes to being a man and and not uh, having the direction that I needed from other men, mentors and father figures of my life. I made a lot of mistakes. So God put it on my heart to start this organization, uh, uh, organization called Be Men. And basically it's just to empower men to love God, Mm -hmm. but also be leaders in their communities and their homes and their local churches and also their businesses and careers and and, and to live a life that is pleasing to God, you know, Mm -hmm. because God. I believe God is calling men to to holiness. I believe God is calling men to live right. I also uh, believe God is calling men to be leaders in their communities and their families in in such a way that will change the mindset and the perceptions of people right now. Because right now, men are getting a bad rap. Men are not trusted. Men have uh, are not uh, in position of leadership. And so God is looking for some men to stand up and take that role of responsibility mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know, God transformed my life. I hadn't always made the right decisions or I've always made mistakes. But God is the author and finisher of my faith. And he restored me, restored my mind and my spirit and my soul to do what he needs me to do. So that's really how B-Men uh, got started. But as far as my connection with these guys, I have a, a, a personal relationship with each and one of these guys. And uh, that was one of the one of the uh, blessings that came out of this, too, because God literally gave me instructions. I saw, I'm like, when he told me be men, he also gave me their faces. He gave me their faces. Mm. And the great part about it was it wasn't anybody that I didn't know. You know, I had a relationship, you know, even mm. if it was long, tendered, or if it was short term, mm-hmm. I had a relationship with these guys. So that's mm. how we all came together. Mm. Wow. Yeah, and you're not passionate at all about this at all. Uh, not, not at, at all, all man. Yeah, I, just, I don't feel it's any fire. every morning. <laughs> <laughs> It's no fire right. at all, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, uh, that's great. Well, y'all jump jump in here. Uh, how well, else would you like to make those connections? Well, uh, the connection that I I had with uh, Elder Sarver is uh, we were we were childhood friends, you know, way back in the day, and I'm not gonna say how long ago. Right. Uh, <laughs> but we were we were childhood friends. Uh, we sing in the community choir together in the same church together, um, and um, he had he had trials and tribulations. I had trials and tribulations, and I think the beauty of the relationship is um, where the word of God manifests that a friend loved it through all adversity mm. and me showing him how I can be able to love him even in his mistakes that's where men have to be able to come together instead of um, always causing condemnation or well this person is not part of my social network so you right. know I'm going right. to yeah. discard him you right. know I'm going to yeah. kick him off to the curb mm-hmm. We, we have to get beyond that, you know. And so, you know, I've had some mistakes and he's prayed me through. He's had some. We prayed each other through. And I think that was the bond of, I think, understanding how how men should be able to connect mm. is um, Galatians 6. It says, man, if a man be overtaken in the fall, ye which is spiritual, restore mm. such a one. And considering thyself also be tempted. So right. I think that, you know, my relationship with him and then just 
connecting with the other brothers that are that are part of B Men. Uh, some I did, I, some I knew, some I didn't know. But you know, the 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 net of how all of this came together with B Men is very unique because we all have a unique personality, mm. background, mm-hmm. and then and of story. course and yeah. story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but but you know, Elder Sarver is is the central point of that. Mm. You know, so that, that really my connection with him is friendship. Now. Co-labors in, co-labors in the ministry, yeah. of course, he's one of my elders, mm-hmm. and then now be men. Man, and, and you're quoting Galatians 6. Wow, man, that's <laughs> that's great stuff. I couldn't tell you were a preacher at all, you know. <laughs> that's good stuff, man. Thanks so much for that. Well, Jamal, tell us a little bit about your connection. I met Brother Terrell at a... Um, my brother, Todd, invited me to uh, participate in an entrepreneurial class. So uh, I, 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 that's where I met Terrell, and we, you know, we were listening. He was um, helping out there, and uh, we just kind of connected. You know, things were said. Um, I guess questions were asked and answers were given, and that sparked something in him mm-hmm. as far as to uh, zone in or hone in on me. And uh, th- that's how we met. It's mm, as simple yeah, as that. Yeah, God yeah. spoke to me clearly when, I, when we was in his class, and I was, I was just listening to how this brother was so in- articulate. Uh, in his speech and his, mm. his tone and 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 uh, in his belief method, you know, as far as you know, uh, Christ being the center of his life, and mm. you know, it just kind of touched me so much to the point I knew immediately. Then after the class, I went to him. I said, "Hey, man, you know, would you be interested in doing this?" And he was like, he immediately said yes, but That's he was great. confused too, okay, because he really wanted to know why or how, you know. Did I really hear from God? And that's one of the things I like about this brother, too, is that he doesn't do anything unless he knows for sure that it's God. Mm. And uh, so uh, he took his time. But he said yes, but I'm sure he went home and spoke with his yeah. wife, and, and they talked about it. But then when we had our first informational meeting, he came, and he was excited, and he listened. And then after uh, the informational meeting, he came back up to me again and said, why did you choose me? And when mm. I told him, he was on board from there, from 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 A to Z. Wow, that's great, man! It, these connections are fantastic. Roy, you're sitting at the table, Mr. Curriculum Writer. Oh Lord! Tell it, <laughs> tell us, tell us about your connection now. Well, uh, me and Elder Sarver, we go back to our teenage years. Yes. Uh, yes. Music, church, uh, you know, and he's always been a genuine guy. So how it came about me getting involved with B Men. Uh, beginning of J- January 2016 I had visited maybe a couple churches and, uh, and I heard all the things the women were doing and, and then I just was burdened to say okay what where are the men I'm not hearing much about the men so, so over several weeks I I was still just kind of bothered with it. I said well let me I know a couple pastors and so let me contact Elder Sarver he came to my mind and so I contacted him. We sat down and met for lunch. He listened to me talk the whole time about <laughs> what I was uh, thinking about doing. And then he told me about the book, his idea. And he said, you know, I want you to be a part. And I came there for something else. But, uh, you know, God kind of was already leading me. And the connection was already there. So um, here I am mm. and part of Be Men. But it started with just a burden to see, you know, see men moving in the forefront yeah yeah, yeah roy uh just to kind of piggyback on that roy was one of the uh the first guys that i actually saw in the vision mm. he was the first one that i saw mm. you know like he said you know we grew up together in church and uh you know i was baptist 
growing up Baptist, he grew up apostolic. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you kind of know the uh, the makeup of that, we probably should have never been friends in the first place. Right? <laughs> but, you know, he was one of the guys. He inspired me at an early age. You know, I used to see, you know, uh, I used to see that that denomination or that group, you know. They just praise God, you know, mm-hmm. unusually. You know, I never saw men at an early age, mm-hmm. teenagers, love God and, and praise God mm-hmm. and, you know, like they were. So I kind of like the attached to him at an early mm-hmm. age and we you know we kind of like came uh came in and out of each other's lives but god always seemed to connect us at the right time mm-hmm. you know at the same time so uh, uh when god gave me this vision he was the first brother that i mm-hmm. saw mm-hmm. in this thing so i had to have him in this it is so good to hear all of these connections with all of these good men last week we talked mm-hmm. about women in indianapolis this week we are talking about men in Indianapolis and how God has changed them. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio on RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We're going to listen to a bit of smooth jazz and be right back. And we are back, Warp and Woof Radio on RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. You are listening to Black Men in Leadership this morning. We have a great group of men around the table. Terrell Sarver, Pastor Keith Jones, Roy Cunningham, Jamal Christmas, and Ray Tolbert will be joining us here soon. Uh, gentlemen, thanks so much for uh, the first segment. Uh, we're so glad that you're here. Thanks ever so much for what you had to say uh, in the last segment, especially about B-Men and how you all connected with each other, but then also about the book. I thought the book was really phenomenal. And uh, for those of you listening, hearing on the podcast later on, we're talking about Transformed as the book, and all of the men sitting around the table here have had a part in that and have written a section on that. And it's wonderful to see how these kinds of connections are being made around Indianapolis. One of the things that I was mentioning off air uh, to the gentleman sitting around the table is my general uh, great desire uh, to see black and white churches come together in Indianapolis and participate with one another. And it's one of the reasons why, uh, and I've said this to our listeners before, two out of three of the guests that we have on this program are African-American. It's very intentional. Uh, We do this to make a statement to Indianapolis. And the statement is, look, we need to be together. We're brothers and sisters in Jesus. This is, where, this is what unites us. The gospel unites us. Let's talk about what unites us, not what divides us. And so we bring folks together in that way. And we're so glad, again, gentlemen, for your presence here this morning. Let's talk generally about your latest endeavors in the community for church and community. Some of you had mentioned some of the things that you're doing. What are the issues that you see that really need your attention, generally speaking, in your communities, in your churches? Uh, whoever wants to jump in on that, talk about the importance of that. Some of the things that I, that I see is just men in general just, you know, just stepping up and just being men. You know, and just and just stepping up and, you know, allowing themselves to be used by God in a in a form of leadership. You know, a lot of us, you know, uh, don't know how to be leaders. A lot of us have not been around people to to allow uh, uh, to mentor us or to train us. So mm-hmm. a lot of times we just kind of like free for all mm-hmm. just out here, just mm-hmm. floating around mm-hmm. and with no direction at all. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I like about. Uh, my pastor in my church is that mm. he's given me an opportunity to be trained. You know, I've had a call in my life for many, many, many years, but it's just now really starting to be developed. Mm. And so I thank him for allowing me to have the opportunity to uh, to be trained, to, uh, mm. to be developed. I don't even think that I would uh, uh, can even be in a position I'm even in right now if it wasn't for his uh, his leadership and his uh, his desire mm. to to train me and allow me to be up front and do some of the certain things that I'm doing. Uh, I saw it when I was even at my aunt's funeral last mm. week, uh, just to be able to get up and, and give words of encouragement and pray in front of people. You know, a lot of times when I do radio spots or even when I 
have the opportunity to preach or teach a Bible study, I see that that I'm benefiting from the platform that that he's allowing me to have mm. to be trained. And I wouldn't be able to do that. So I just wanted to make sure that everyone knows that it's very important that men pour mm. into men. Mm. Very mm. important because we have women mm-hmm. that are pouring into men, mm-hmm. but we need men to pour into men. And it's very important. And one of the things that I also see is I see that a lot of, um, of men seem to be in uh, competition with other men. Mm. And I want to make sh- uh, uh, make that clear to everyone that I'm not in competition with any other man mm. at all. We all serve a purpose. You know, your purpose may not be, you know, or my assignment, your assignment may not be my assignment. But at the end of the day, I'm not in competition with you. Mm. And, uh, and I think that that's the reason why a lot of men can't black or white can't come together is because we seem like we have to be in competition with mm-hmm. you know with one another and mm-hmm. i believe i think that's a tool that the enemy is using mm-hmm. to keep us in limbo and to keep us confused and frustrated yeah this issue of competition rather than collaboration is a real problem as you well suggest across yeah. the table table uh, for yeah. all of us um some, somebody else jump in here uh, talk about the issues in your community and churches um uh, mark one of, one of the things that we see um, in the community and what I see, this is just my perspective, um, and you kind of hit the nail on the head, and this is something that I u- utilize in this model. Um, church should look like heaven. So, church, You know, our churches should look like heaven. You know, there, there is no, you know, there's no black church, there's no white church, there is no apostolic, you know, no, no discredit to the apostolic, right. you know, there's no church of God in Christ right. church. There is, you know, heaven is heaven. And mm-hmm. we all, the commonality, let me say that the, the commonality that we should have is God. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the commonality. Mm-hmm. And, but the divide is doctrine, belief, tradition, um, and, and, and it doesn't matter who it is, you know, I, I see in our community where we are up in, up in close to the Carmel area, uh, believe it or not, there's a lot of people struggling up in that area. There's a lot of people struggling. We, we, we've had several, several guests, people come, and they're, you know, we even have a food pantry up in that area, and they are coming, mm. and they're struggling. And so th- I, that's what I see. I see people struggling between jobs. We had a, a young lady come, and she was like, Pastor, you know, I just come because I'm between jobs, and I just I didn't have no place to go. And see, to me, if, no, if, if, if somebody's in trouble, they should be able to come to the church. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, you know, I, I don't know other, other programs. I know some programs that other pastors are doing. Um, you know, I know that, you know, with Eastern Star, some of the bigger church of dual ministry, you know, missions, and they have their, their programs and different things. The smaller churches are struggling to be able to meet the, the, the accommodations mm-hmm. of outreach and do the things of what have you. So when you have a community, a large community with a small church, it's, it's hard for that small church right. to provide for the community. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what I see is, is the struggle in addition of what I said before, that the church should mm-hmm. look like heaven and i can honestly say our church is sprinkled we got mm-hmm. a little bit of everybody mm-hmm. you know we really do <laughs> that's and, great and it's and we're a non-denominational church and i think that you know that that gives us the platform that we can worship with anybody we mm-hmm. can go presbyterian church bring our drum and keyboard you know we can there we can go. we can have worship right mm-hmm. there so there it is. that's my perspective Mark. that's great yeah grateful for that uh roy ray jamal uh who wants to jump in on any of this stuff I'll jump in. Um, 
our particular ministry is called Rise Above It All the Ministry. So it's it's really geared to uh, training people how to rise above it all. Now we have a we're one of those small ministries. So and the um, the challenge with the small ministry is is not only the resources but the help as far as we don't you know having the people in place to do sp- particular things. We have a thing coming up called Break the Mold, Free the Soul, and you know, I have many hats. So the problem with many hats is you, 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 you know, you overextend yourself in areas, and then what that does to the spirit is it, 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 it hinders it. You know, it, it hinders the flow of it. And this is a, this is an ex- actual experience. So the church has, and I say that to, to, to say, you know, the Bible talks about um, being uh, having your your mind, body, and soul being held blameless. And I think what we forget about as far as the body is concerned and your your actual body, all of these issues are conditions. So because they are conditions, they're frameworks, they're wired, hardwired situations that people can't break free from because they don't realize that it's a hard wire. So what that means is, is, you know, we we, we play sports to those who play sports. They condition themselves to, to, to be, you know, the, the top notch athletes. So there's something happening happening physiologically with your body and that plays a part in everything that, that you do and you're becoming but what the church is is you know is a thing called an implicit bias and that is where you are uh, your responses are not cognitive so you, you don't realize you're making decisions and, ch- and ch- choices because the, you, they're not conscious t- to you at that point but what that means is for the church you know as far as even being uh you know the white church and the black church or not understanding or knowing how to connect with different groups is because you don't realize the hard wiring is in play with your decisions so because of that that changes or that hinders you or that stops you or that becomes a blockage so our ministry uh endeavors to to break you free from practically and and you know there's this thing called demystifying the mystical um or the spiritual and there's a lot of things that are going on with, with us in our bodies that contribute to our decisions, to our life, to our lifestyle, and it's all biblical. So if we, if we could get a grasp on what that looks like practically in our life, then you can start to change it. So that's what our ministry is all about. Physiology, psychology, bibliology. Check it out, man. It all is connected there. That's really good. Ray, Roy, take it away. Well, uh, I'm Ray. And um, first of all, I just want to say thank you for inviting me. Sorry for my lateness, but uh, as some of you may know, my mom just suffered a stroke uh, two days ago, so I've been uh, very emotional at this point because that's my heart, and uh, she's been my pastor for all my life. And uh, so a lot of responsibilities are on me right now, as you as you all know. But uh, I've asked for your continued prayers. But getting back to the, the point at hand, I... I believe in this. Um, the Bible says that there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And um, I also believe that Paul said, the Apostle Paul said, let there be no divisions among you. Mm-hmm. And on each Sunday or Saturday, whatever your Sabbath or your your day of worship is, it's the most segregated day of the week. Mm-hmm. And I used to attend a church called East 91st Street Christian Church. And in my neighborhood in Anderson, my church is Miracle Faith Temple, and it is apostolic, by the way. But uh, <laughs> but uh, we 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 don't we don't that. care who you are. You know, come as you are, and 
but unfortunately, we live in a predominantly in Anderson, the west side of Anderson is predominantly black. But we have uh, white parishioners that come in, and we we're just going to receive you like anyone else because I can I can tell you a time and uh, getting back to the sport part of it too, uh, playing basketball. You know, a lot of my 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 best friends were white, and they still are white. <coughs> And uh, people say, well, my best friend is white. Well, I have a friend that's white. You know what? It doesn't matter who you are. It's, it's whose you are. Mm-hmm. You know, we are all um, hopefully in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. which is one body. Mm-hmm. And so I try to let people know that when I, whenever I speak, whenever I do uh, motivational speaking, I would always say, how many of you are believers in Christ? And everybody who are believers will raise their hands, black, white, uh, brown, whoever you are. Mm-hmm. And I would tell them, hold your hand or keep your hand up. Now look around. How many people do you see? Mm. How many people are different than you? But we're all in the same, mm-hmm. with, with the same blood. Mm. And so I try to emphasize that wherever I go. because, And I appreciate what you're doing, Mark, because uh, we need more of this. We need more guidelines. We need more uh, time to talk and evaluate who we really are in Christ. Because mm. if we are really true believers and worshipers of Christ, it shouldn't matter what church you go to. Mm. There should be, everybody should be at, uh, what's that place called? I, I think it was the RCA, though. Now it's Lucas Oil. Mm. We should have church right there. Mm. Everybody <laughs> there should be right there. Right. there you, you, know, and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter who the pastor is. I, I know Pastor Jones is very adamant about what he does and passionate, and I, I appreciate that. And so Pastor Jamal and Roy and, of course, Terrell, myself, we just want to reach out and touch mm. people's lives. Mm. And because... Like you said, coming up in Carmel, it doesn't matter where you live. People struggle everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going through struggles right now. Mm-hmm. Even I'm going through a struggle, mm-hmm. and it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But the Lord will keep us. Mm-hmm. And if we continue to talk about these issues, uh, these these uh, these topics, that's the only way you're going to solve problems. I mm-hmm. mean, you can you could talk all day long, but if you're not out there in the trenches mm-hmm. doing these things, yep. then what is your purpose? You right. know, and I I thank God that I got this platform right here to talk about mm. issues of racism. You know, the, the the enemy is trying to divide all of us, mm. even right now. And and all my prayers go out to the ones in Las Vegas, the ones in Puerto Rico, Houston, wherever it is. Tragedies are everywhere. This lets me know that the days are getting shorter and shorter. Mm. And I believe that Christ's return is mm. coming sooner than we think. Mm. And we all have to be prepared. And we are men have to let our young men know that, man, it's not about being in the streets. It's about being in Christ. Mm. And that's where we need to be. And I don't want to take up all the time because I got a lot going on in my, in my heart. But uh, I appreciate it, Mark. And uh, you keep this going, man. Yeah. Don't stop. Don't let the enemy deter you. Don't let anybody try to separate us because we are all one in Christ Jesus. Mm. Man, I, I tell you what, man, I don't I don't need preachers. Y- y'all, y'all are preachers in your own right up here, quoting scripture, going on. This is great stuff. I'm really grateful, uh, Ray, for your life and for the kinds of opportunities you have. And uh, we join you in prayer about your mom and specifically uh, all of the needs that you have, this, the issues that, you, that you're confronting. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, Roy, what yes, do you sir. think about this? Church, community? What do you say? Uh, well, I'm going to piggyback off of uh, something Pastor Jordan said because I really haven't heard it uh, in years. But years ago, I'm a storyteller, so let me tell the story. <laughs> years ago, uh, <laughs> I uh, woke up one Sunday morning and the uh, Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me to go to this particular church that I had seen on the way to the airport one day. And I was just kind of baffled, you know, because I was in a leadership role, and, you know, 
and it just didn't make sense. But, you know, throughout the morning, I, I went ahead and I was obedient. So I went to this church and I walk in and it's predominantly white. I'm talking like maybe 95%. I think I went to the balcony that Sunday morning and I counted, uh, including myself, it was seven African-Americans. And something the pastor stood up and he said, I want the church to stand, I'm gonna pray this prayer. And at the end of the prayer, he said, I pray that this church will look like heaven. Wow. So when you said that, that sparked something up. I said, wow, that, I haven't heard that in years. And uh, I began to just kind of go back and visit the church over probably an eight-month period. You know, I never joined because the Lord didn't tell me to join, but I just kind of went back and, and visited. But over time, they began to pray. They, be, they cut out their uh, Bible class, and they began to implement small groups. And make a long story short, within a year's time, I saw it. Hispanic brothers, Jamaican brothers, Asians. I mean, I saw this this church just totally uh, changed. But it started with unity and prayer. And and people had to get comfortable with seeing, you know, different people from different nationalities come in. And but we were all they were all coming in uh, uh, to serve God, to worship God. But uh, I believe it's something that God wants to see. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The issue agree. of Definitely. yeah, the issue of oneness is huge for us. Uh, our concern is Jesus' concern. Jesus said three times in John chapter seventeen that my people might be one. Yeah. Three times he says this in his high priestly prayer to the Father. This is a huge issue for us, and I'm certainly glad to have uh, my black brothers in studio to talk about these issues and these kinds of things. So maybe we could just uh, kind of riff on that theme for just a moment and uh, emphasize this. What is it, do you think, that that we could do, and we're going to take a break here just a minute with some music, but after the break, come back, let's talk about this issue. What is what is it that we can do? What steps can we take? What issues can we engage? Uh, what people can we become friends with? Uh, what can we positively do as men in Indianapolis to make the unity, the oneness, the John 17, Jesus said, let them be one concept, uh, be true across Indianapolis. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNX.tv at the Cool Groove site. We're going to listen to some Jesus music, as HB tells me. <laughs> All the preachers are here. Here we go. We'll be right back. And we are back. Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNX.tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon, and this week we have B-Men, Inc. in the house, Terrell Sarver, Pastor Keith Jones, Roy Cunningham, Ray Tolbert, Jamal Christmas. We're grateful for all of you being here just off air a moment ago. Uh, we were praying around our brother Ray, whose uh, mom has had a stroke this week, so for those of you who are listening, uh, for those of you who are listening to the podcast later on, make sure to lift up the Tolbert family. We're back here uh, talking about the issue of men and leadership in the community of Indianapolis. And I'd like to address this next question because it's really important. One of the main reasons why I asked B-Men in today is to deal with this question. How does black male leadership impact the home, the church, the school, the community, and specifically younger men? So deal with that particular issue. How does the how do black men, black male leadership, impact all those areas? Can I jump in on that one? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Go ahead. Um, 
how the, basically the impact comes from how we're impacted. Let's think about it. All of us, at, you know, whether whether where we are have where where, where God has us on this plateau, mm -hmm. or our positioning and everything, somebody did something. Somebody poured something into us. Somebody said a word or gave mm -hmm. us something or did something to us. And I believe where where the disconnect is coming is we're not paying it forward. Mm. Yeah. Let's think about it. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not paying for it. The millennial generation, not paying it forward. You know, my generation, they, we understand paying it forward. And so what, what I've done is in, in, in the community and where God has placed me with the ministry, I've taken several men, you know, mentored them, you know, from, at, you know, looking at their spiritual goals, their personal goals, what they want to accomplish because a lot of men, a lot of the young men are out here just trying to figure it out with no guidance, no help, no direction, no correction. Mm. Because And then I always say accountability is one thing, but there has to be redirection. Accountability, that's one thing, but after I hold you accountable, I've got to redirect you. Right. And that's where men feel like, well, I'm being judged all the time because I'm being corrected, but there's no redirection. Mm. And so what I've like with Elder Sarver, me and him, we've sat down and talked and I've mentored him and and he is he has said many times before and I thank him, you know, just for allowing me to lead him because somebody led me. You know, so I'm passing on the impartation of someone pouring into me, my <coughs> my former bishop, pastors, other men that took me by the side and said, Hey, you know, um, you need to kind of get it together. Mm. You know, and, and let me say this. A lot of us don't know how to take it on the jaw, Mark. You know what I'm saying? We don't know how to take a hit. You know, when I say take a hit, that means that we, we get offended real easy mm -hmm. when, when correction comes. Mm -hmm. You know, come on, you know, am I right? Mm -hmm. Let's true. let's all let's so, all yeah. kind of chime on that. We get real offended when correction comes because we'd rather have somebody pat us on the back and tell us that we're doing good. Mm -hmm. But what about those mo those moments when we made a bad decision? Mm -hmm. And then you have to have somebody come and say, hey, that wasn't a good decision. You know, let, let, let's let's reevaluate this. Let's mm -hmm. look at that. So what I've done, you know, I've had a matter of fact, is another another gentleman, uh, Sherman Sherman. That's a part of this group. Uh, when he came to the church before he joined the church, mm -hmm. he was recommended to to me as uh, for me to mentor him. Mm -hmm. And by me mentoring him, he joined the church. Then he's getting his life. He's getting his life together. He's next level sports. Um, become a part of the book uh, and everything was going on and so I think that what we have to do is can we do it can we can we can we do a hundred men at one time no but can we do one at a time yes mm -hmm. yes yeah, yeah and I think sometimes if we if we look at it on that basis of how we can affect one person and then that person and then give that charge to the next individual and say you know what as I'm paying it forward to you, you pay it forward to someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's how it spreads. Mm -hmm. This emphasis is really, uh, you know, right out of Scripture. Titus chapter 2, for instance, talks about the importance of older men uh, pouring into younger yes. men. Yes. This is a very important, powerful idea. What do the rest of you all think about this? The issue of uh, how do you connect as uh, black men to younger men, to your church, to your communities? How does, why does this matter? It's important. It's, it's very important because when I was growing up, there were a lot of men that I looked up to that I admired, that I respected. And uh, but those same men that I looked up to, admired and respected didn't pour into me. Mm -hmm. 
They didn't show they didn't show any any type of um, of leadership when it came to one on one personal personal attention. Mm-hmm. So that was led to my mistakes. And I'm not blaming them, you know, for that. But it was it's because uh, uh, at the end of the day, it was up to me to 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 turn it around. But when I turned it around, God clearly mm-hmm. spoke to me because there was a lot of times where I, I looked to man for guidance and direction and training and all that and god was saying no i want to be your mentor mm. right and so so a lot of times what we have to do and god clearly said be what you're looking for be the person that you're looking for right mm. and so that's a mandate for us to pour into younger mm. men and it's the key because that's how we keep the generations prospering that's how we keep everything going for is that we have to take the time to teach the younger people you know what i'm saying because at the end of the day they're a whole lot more smarter than us right but what we have over them is experience mm-hmm. that's what we have over them so we have to pour that back into them mm-hmm. and i believe the holy spirit and god is counting on us to do that yep. and that's really what the b mission uh, uh, of the b men mission is all about mm-hmm. is to empower men mm-hmm. right to love God and be and to be pleasing to God, but also be a leader in the community, mm-hmm. and that's that's what it's about. So I think it's a huge mm-hmm. impact. Uh, it has to be seen. Yes, it has to be seen. Yeah. It has to be seen. So next gen leadership is what we're all about. Psalm seventy one tells us that until we're old and gray, mm-hmm. we are supposed to tell the great and mighty deeds of our Lord to the next generation. Right. So yes. we don't take that next gen thing lightly here. What do the rest of you think? Well, I'll chime in. Um, I just uh, got a call the other day from a family member, and uh, was basically asking me to, you know, help with my sons. You know, their father's not around, and uh, you know, I'm I'm overwhelmed, and uh, I know what that's like because I was that son, and so uh, I I think I have a responsibility. Uh, I, I thought to myself, wow, I don't really have a lot of time, mm. but, but I need to make time. Because if I don't do this, you know, who else? And God gave me the opportunity to, to pour in. Mm. Uh, as, and as Elder Sarver said, uh, my experiences, you know, uh, mm. I come from a divorce home. You know, I've been through a divorce. Mm. So I know what they're feeling. Mm. You know, I know where they are. So um, I think. As men, God gives us opportunities. We just have to kind of open our eyes uh, to pour into other men, whether it be at work and some, and even mentoring. It may not always be someone younger than you. Maybe someone older who slipped through the cracks. Mm-hmm. You know, that didn't get poured into when he was young. Yep. So opportunities are there for us as men. You know, we just have to look for them. Mm. The Bible says, I believe, it's in Proverbs 22 and 7, that it says, train up a child in the way he should go or she should go, and when they get old, they won't depart from it. My thing is, because of my platform, being a former professional basketball player, playing for IU, all that, those good old days. I miss those days, by the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, it gives me an opportunity. I, I have a lot of my relatives and friends say, Ray, 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 can you help my son? Because mm-hmm. these are like single moms parents who who fathers for whatever reason have left their sons in the cold and and like roy said you know we have to make time Mm -hmm. like some there are some days i have to look out for my own family Mm -hmm. but i see the importance and i see the need the impact that i can have on one particular child Mm -hmm. and uh so i have to make time and so i figured one way to do that 
is to reach a lot of them through basketball programs, basketball camps, inner city camps, at schools. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm uh, I used, I'm teaching right now, and there's a lot of parents who would say, "Can you talk to my son? Can you take him to dinner? I, I'll pay for." It. I said, "No, you got to pay for that. Just let me talk with him." Mm-hmm. And so, we have to be real. Like you said, they're smart. Mm-hmm. Experience is the best teacher. Yes. I can't. I can't. I don't know a lot about the the new technology out there. I'm old school, man. If I had a flip phone, I'm good, you know. (laughs) But but when it comes to my experience Mm. and with my livelihood, you know, you know, my when my dad and my mom for a long time were not together, that had a a rough impact on me. So I focus in on sports and all the things that you know the book talks about that a little bit. But we have an opportunity as black men, white men, to pour out into young white boys and young black boys, mm-hmm. you know? We, we have that opportunity. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't try to differentiate. I don't try to separate. If, mm-hmm. if there's a need for me to, to help or for a need, hopefully I can be there to help. I can't reach all of them. Mm-hmm. But one, like you said, one person can help another person. Mm-hmm. You know, if we all teach our young men how to be fishing mm-hmm. instead of just catching a fish and, right. and marinating it, yeah. you know, it'll be good for a moment. Mm-hmm. But we need to help others learn how to fish. When you guys uh, were talking about uh, these young men are smart, I immediately uh, thought about Apollos in Acts chapter 18, and uh, the folks that came alongside of Apollos were Priscilla and Aquila. Mm-hmm. And they were the ones with experience. They were the ones in the church. And then when Apollos left that uh, particular mentorship, uh, he went out and blew it up, man. He went out and did it on the street. And that, if you're interested in checking this out, that's Acts uh, 18, 24 to 28. Uh, but these, you're talking about young people being really smart and intelligent folks. Absolutely. You're all right that the experience that we bring uh, is certainly going to be helpful to them. Uh, Jamal, what, what is your thought about these kinds of things, your impact in the community? Um, you know, my, my pastor says, uh, she says this a lot, you know, half-hearted Christians make half-hearted converts. So my my particular thing is really showing up authentically because one thing about God, God's power, God is runs through his energy, whatever you want to say, runs through the universe, and we all have it. So I think a child, anybody first, but let's just talk about young people. Young people have the ability to tap into that power, even if they don't know it, and they hone in on the unauthentic. So when you show up unauthentically, they're going to pick you out. Mm. A grown person is going to pick you out. So if you realize that, you just show up how God has it. 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 You just show up how. I think visionary uh, leadership needs to be. Uh, it needs to be detailed, right? You know, you have a lot of people that say that they have visions. But they do a poor job in articulating that that vision to the masses. And I believe that's the reason why a lot of churches or ministries or businesses, they fail very quickly because they have not explained Mm. the vision in detail. Right. Mm. So I think uh, uh, to be a visionary leader, you have to be able to articulate in great detail what it is that God is calling you to do. So then you can get the masses of people on board at an early age. I mean, at Mm -hmm. at an early uh, uh, time in that uh, uh, in that season, but I just think that's where the uh, where the uh, ball is dropped. At you know, it, it it does me no good to have a vision as a leader 
and then keep it to myself or can't articulate mm-hmm. it, you know, to people that I uh, need on my team. So I think that may be one of the one of the issues. Need what to have our elevator about? speeches together. Yeah, on yeah. mission for yeah. the future. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, jump in, gentlemen. Well, I th- I th- you know, uh, to piggyback off of what Elder was saying, um, the Bible says it's clear, and we all can contest really witness to this and you know write the vision and make it plain he that looketh over your shoulder will right. take it around yes, with it so the details of that is very important here's the other aspect of it the vision is really not our vision that's right that's we're right. nothing but the glasses on god's right. eyes right. you know what i'm saying <laughs> exactly we we are we have the responsibility based on what god tells us to do concerning kingdom we are the stewards over the vision that means we have to make sure we're executing we have to make sure it's clear uh, based on what you just said the details of that uh we have to make sure that things are being um followed through because a lot of times something started but never finished right and most and most of us i can i can i can i can really tell on myself at one at one point in my life i had procrastination I, I was a good starter, but never a, a strong finisher. And I think that when it comes to vision, you just can't start it, but you've got to be a strong finisher. When, when God has ordained you to do something, you've got to be detailed, true, got to execute, but you've got to finish it. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's where we've dropped the ball in, in some cases, Mark. You know, mm. We just don't finish strong. Mm. Yeah, fourth quarter, everybody hold up four fingers well, now. Yeah, yeah. Fourth quarter. Yeah. Fourth quarter yeah. You know? yeah. 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 That's, that's it. Sure. If, if, that's I could, if I could add to that, I would, I, would, um, I think the – the biggest thing for me about vision is, um, again, it's, it's all about showing up. So whatever work God has for you to do, you have to show up. Most people don't show up. Well, what we do is we try to pattern ourselves after other Christians, but you didn't get that commission. God has something specifically for you to do, but because everybody else says this is what it means to be a Christian, this is what it looks like, then you miss the power of what God has specifically given you to do. You, you know, and, and one I think a great example is Jesus showing up. Now, before Jesus showed up, things looked a particular way, right? So he shows up, and then the Christians, in the if you want to call them Christians, they, they, they're looking at Jesus like, what is this guy doing? You know, so it's like he's showing up authentically, and he's not changing to the word, as he says, but it does look different from what they were used to. So yeah. when you show up and authentically show up and you do what God is calling you to do, it changes the world. Mm. So that's that's the biggest thing for, for me about being a, a visionary. Mm. That's good. You know, it's, it's interesting. You talk about vision. You know, how many times did Christ heal those who were blind, like blind Bartimaeus or one particular he he was healing this young man and he says what did you see mm-hmm. I see men as trees and then he touched them again some of us need a second a second sight a mm-hmm. second vision of, of spiritual sight mm-hmm. you know when you can get deep like that man these, these brothers are deep but a lot of us need a second chance a second touch mm-hmm. because I do believe God is a God of a second chance but mm-hmm. You know, he says, my spirit won't strive with men always. But when you look at it from a visional standpoint, a visionary standpoint, you know, my heart, my vision is to do a, a super outreach ministry, have a build a facility where people can come together and worship and people can come together and participate in sports because that's a great drawing card for me. Personally, I, I use basketball, athletics as a drawing mm-hmm. card for these young people because I rather see them in the, on the court than see them in court. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So 
that's that's how I draw these kids. But having a vision, I think, like you said, it comes from all good things come from above. Perfect gifts come from above. Right. And I believe that I'm, I'm not going to take any credit for anything. I give God the glory mm-hmm. because he's given me this platform to share. And having a vision, like you said, it's not my vision. It's his vision. So he, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm the spectacles, you know. And, and God is using me because uh, I draw a lot of attention everywhere I go. So I, I don't want to, but it's, I'm not Michael Jordan. But imagine what Michael Jordan has to mm. go through. Imagine the platform that a Bobby Knight could have or Michael Jordan mm. or Magic Johnson. Mm. I'm just Ray Tolbert. <laughs> but when I go into Walmart, hey, Ray, Ray, what's happening? How you doing, man? I'm blessed, brother. Mm. God is good. Mm. So it gives me a chance to miss it. And I talk about, so how, how are your kids doing? Well, I mean, you know, having some trouble. So, well, have them come to my program. Have them come to my camp. Have them come to Be Men Incorporated. Mm. Have them come to one of our seminars. Mm. That's how you start. The vision starts little by little. When you, when you get, like some of us who like the stars, how many of you guys ever had, a, had binoculars or had a telescope and you saw the stars? Mm. You have to focus it. The ones that are furthest away, you have to focus it to get closer to it. So in our focus in crisis, we gotta we got to have a vision where we can use God and get closer to mm. the ones who are furthest away. Mm. I know that sounds crazy. That's good. Nah, That's man. good. All right. This is on me, okay. <laughs> uh, well, when I think about vision, just to kind of give my two cents, uh, when it's from God, uh, what I've learned is that there's a fire that comes with it, a passion. Uh, as Jeremiah said, I feel like Jeremiah many days. It's like it's like fire shut up in my bones, and you want to give up sometimes, and you know you feel like oh, I'm frustrated. It's not coming together. They're not doing what I'm telling them. The communication seems to be, mm-hmm. but you just got to have patience mm-hmm. and understand that God is leading you, and and just uh, you know take it one day at a time. Mm. But just stick with that thing because, you know, it, it is a fire that burns in you. Mm. You know it's and from God. Only, yeah, and not only is he is he he's uh uh leading me, but he's teaching, teaching. me. Teaching. Mm. You know, I believe I, I, I say this that's a good way. <laughs> Y'all need to give me an offer for that. <laughs> you hear something there. Man, he's teaching me, man, because I believe I say this all the time and I know a lot of time people get tired of me saying it, man, but it's all about the process. It is. You know, you can't have vision without process. That's right. And you have to embrace the process mm-hmm. while you're going through this journey. I think a lot of times, too, visionaries and leaders, they fail, too, because they're not willing to learn through the process. Mm-hmm. We want to get through this thing from A to Z. Right. Mm-hmm. But I got some stuff in between that I got to take. I got to learn. Mm-hmm. So I got to learn how to enjoy that process and enjoy this vision so I can lead the people the right way. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to rest in. Mm-hmm. See, you rest in the process. See, right. I feel my help now. <laughs> You rest in the process, man. That's where your deliverance comes. That's where your healing is at in the process. Man, I'm telling you what. (laughs) This is... That's this good, is Elder. That's good, man. That's this good. is the last good. time I get a whole bunch of preachers sitting around the table. No, man, That's this good. is great. I love that passage, Jeremiah 20, man, verse 9, that man, says it's a fire it shut up in my bones. <laughs> this is fantastic <laughs> stuff. Let me uh, make the segue into our break here coming up by saying that uh, that actually, that word fire was a word that was written on a piece of paper and sewn into the garment of one of the greatest Christian thinkers ever. His name was Blaise Pascal. 
He wrote a book called Pense, or Writings, or Thoughts, and uh, Blaise Pascal from the 15th century, a Frenchman, uh, because he was so taken by the fire of the Holy Spirit, uh, wrote that word on a parchment, put it inside of his coat, and sewed it into his coat, because he believed that fire was what motivated him. Blaise Pascal, the famous French Christian apologist. We are listening to, you are listening to Warp and Woof Radio at radionext.tv, the cool groove site. We're going to listen to some music. Be right back. Bring it back in. We are back. Radio Next. TV at the Cool Groove site. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until noon, and this week we have B-Men, Inc. in the house. And uh, we've been talking about leadership, uh, vision in the last section. I wanted to jump over to the, really, the tagline for this show uh, comes out of Titus chapter 3, to do good. Uh, Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14, we have that same command. So let's talk about the uh, emphasis of Christian men in the public good, Why should we do good as a matter of public good? How does what we do matter in public? Um, I just what this is this is this is the vision of what I'm thinking as far as what I when I was going through the text and just exegeting the text. If you really think about it, it's it's do unto others as them as they do unto you. So the 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 thought behind that is we are we are faith agents we are the reality of God spiritually we are the reality of what God is spiritual so when God if we're doing good among those that are in the community we're representing God himself because God uses us as the faith agents to do his good then also Romans 12 it says uh, Brethren, Paul wrote, he said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice. So we, we look at sacrifice, and really in the Greek, it means revelation. So the written word is God's written revelation, but we, the body of Christ, are the living revelation. So when we do good... We are revealing, we are the revelation of God through his goodness. And so God uses us as faith, faith agents to be able to bring good to the community because that's what we are. We are for his faith agents. That means we have to live right. Mm-hmm. Mm. We have to live in, according to his righteousness, right? That's the reason why it's so important, too, because a lot of times people don't, most men probably not even reading the Bible, so our lives are, are a picture of that, right? So how we live our lives. I, I was at my, my aunt's funeral uh, just here a couple of uh, days ago, and uh, my aunt came up to me. She just called me yesterday. She was like, I am just so proud of you. She, I mean, she almost went to tears just to say she was so proud of me. But the reason why she's so proud of me because my father, she said, you know, you were my brother's son, and he was a trip. This is the exact words. He was a trip. Which means he didn't do everything he was supposed to do, but she sees me trying to live right and make sure I'm in a position of taking care of my family, which means she's watching me, right? And because she's been watching me, she's seeing my fruit, and now she can express it by saying, I'm proud of you, right? That meant a lot to me because because of my past mistakes and failures in my life. There's someone out there that 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 know where I came from, but now see where I am today mm-hmm. and can be proud about my actions, mm-hmm. which now can lead her to Christ. This is a, a powerful word here. Uh, one of the things that I've, I 
interact with constantly is the public, literally. I'm on the campus of IUPUI a, a number of times, and what I find there is uh, that people want the Christian fruit without the Christian root. Mm -hmm. They don't want what it is that this thing came from. So I was yeah. talking with somebody the other day, talking about responsibility, and I just asked them one question. Who says I should be responsible? Who are, what is the standard whereby we are going to judge this? And this is the reason why it's important to have Christian men in this group uh, this morning to talk about that very issue. Somebody else jump in on this. The em emphasis of doing good in the public good. Uh, there's so much into that. That's a powerful uh, question. But I think there's some scriptures I can't really you guys may have on your computers but the bible says that men love darkness rather than light mm -hmm. and but the bible says let the light shine in you so so men can see your good your good deeds your good works and you know you have to walk if you're going to walk this walk talk this talk it's like your character mm -hmm. you know people see you out in public but how how do they how do they see you behind closed doors or when you're not you're at home how do you respond to your family how do you respond to your your children or your your wives or your husbands and so if if you're going to be about this thing do it the correct way do it the way god would do it because you know you can't you can't put a candle on the under a bed because it's going to burn the whole house down mm -hmm. you know you got to put that candle out there where people can see the light mm -hmm. and so coming from that standpoint i think i i want to do good deeds for everybody you know i want to be consistent in my walk i want to be consistent in my talk and like if, like if i'm talking to you one-on-one -on -one, if i'm talking to you guys as a group you're going to see the same ray tober mm -hmm. today as you see him if i was at a basketball game mm -hmm. i'm just going to be me but i'm gonna let people know that i'm about christ mm -hmm. and the young people like you said young people can see if you're real or not mm -hmm. they know and so you gotta you gotta say, look, man, you can do this, mm -hmm. but here's what you should do: mm -hmm. follow the word of God. Mm -hmm. You know, delight is in the word of God. I always tell people, everything is going down, but God's word. Mm -hmm. God's word is going to sustain anything mm -hmm. and everything that we mm -hmm. that we can talk, ask, or do, because it's all about the word of God. There you go. This emphasis on the light, uh, boy, it comes out of First Testament teaching, Isaiah 49. Uh, we're emphasizing there that uh, the Israelites were to be a light to the Gentiles. Uh, we certainly see it in Jesus' powerful words in Matthew chapter 5. Same emphasis. Paul comes at it from Ephesians chapter 5 that we're part of the kingdom of light. Uh, this is huge for us. So when we talk about the public good, we are concerned that uh, what we do in terms of testimony and witness before others uh, stands out. It's different. People ask us, wow, I've never seen that. I've never heard that before. What makes you so different from the rest of us? So I think that's a real powerful word. What else, what else do you all see coming out of this? Uh, well, I, I'll chime in. Um, I have a book bag I carry uh, everywhere I go. It's in my car now. And uh, I carry that work and Every once in a while, somebody asks, well, what's, you always got that book bag. What's in your book bag? I say, my Bible. I say, my, you know, I got Christian books I read. And, you know, I've learned over the years that if you walk right before men, uh, people will find you. They will see the difference in your life. They'll see the light. You know, in the, in the midst of darkness, if you come in the room, you lighten up the room. Because Christ is in you. And so uh, it will draw people to you. You know, I've had people come to me and you know in secret and can you pray for me and uh, they'll come and ask questions you'd be surprised how people watch you yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm.
people watch you and they, they, they want to see if you mean what you say. And uh, so it's just living right before and letting people see your good works. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's the follow through that's so yeah. important. Uh, Jamal, what do you think about this issue of public good? You know, you know, you know, you hate you go last and you forget. You know, <laughs> I, had, I had like a hundred things going in my head, and then it's like, bing. But you know what? That's an that's an opportunity to to um, allow God through. So, um, you know, man, it's just really. I mean, every everybody said it. You you have to um, you have to give what you've been given to give. You have to show the light of Christ. You know, you have to again because people aren't fools. Um, you have to be willing to, uh, you know, truck through some waters, man, because, again, you know, God gives you something to, to do. Sometimes it doesn't look like everybody else's job. You got to be willing to do it um, and do it in, in decency and order. So what does that mean? You know, I think it just means decency and order is in right standing. You talk about righteousness, which is right standing, which is just knowing how God works, Um so when you do, when you're able to do that, and you and you unapologetically about it, you're going to go through some some doubts and some fears. But you decide to go through it and you do it, then people respond to it. And you have to be willing to uh, know the people's needs or see their need. And I'm not talking about you know they, their need for money, you know, or their need for for, for even food. But there's a there's an unspoken need yeah. that, that people have yes, sir. that you have to tap into because that's what they need to know that you see. In, in, in order for, for, for them to even see you so um no that's yeah. good that's yeah. good because actually that's what they're that's what they're it says here why should we seek to do good that's why right. it's because there is a there's an unspoken need mm -hmm. that people are looking for that they that they're looking for people to uh, uh to do good to do right uh, 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 to be trusted, mm -hmm. not right. to be out scamming them and all this other mm -hmm. stuff that people are here yeah. doing. So there is an unspoken yeah. need. People need to see, especially men yeah. in, in leadership positions that are doing what they say that they're going to do. Mm -hmm. That's what they have to see. And, and you know, if, and if I can just chime in too, you know, that you just hit a key point because I think the resistance that I have is trust. Mm -hmm. People trusting that I'm, I want to do good for you. Because they have been done over, they've mm -hmm. been, you know, wrecked over the coals, they've been um, abused or misused or taken advantage of. So when I'm coming to do good, there's the hand up, there's right. resistance, right. you know, there, yeah. there's like, mm -hmm. I don't know, you know. So my intent is to help you, right. you know, right. my intent is to pray for you. My, I don't want nothing from you. Matter right. of fact, I, my hand is open to give to you. Right. But right. people are so used to not receiving people more giving than than receiving you know so it's hard when people are hurt when they've been abused mm -hmm. and especially from churches right. and and people of the cloth or and men or men you know <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's hard for men to trust because yeah. you know we we put up that guard because like you know hey brother i don't want nothing from you man i just want to pray for you and they come like really that's mm -hmm. <laughs> you just want to pray for me you don't want nothing from right. me and it, it becomes a culture shock to them mm -hmm. when we really don't want anything we just want to help you yeah it's exactly true this this concept that uh, there's this un, unspoken need or something that's already in us uh, man it just comes right out of ecclesiastes 3:11 that god has placed eternity in the hearts of men scripture says and this idea is that there's a god-shaped hole in our soul and the yeah. idea that it can only be filled with the uh, peg of god's righteousness and certainly nothing from this earth or uh, certainly from us as human beings. So I, I wanted to transition maybe uh, into this 
particular issue about the staying power of uh, testimony and witness. And I wanted to approach this from the idea of staying in a place for a long time so that people have seen you 10, 20, 30 years in the same place. And I don't mean just, <clears throat> you know, around. I mean in the same place so that when they know they go down this street, they know they're going to see Keith or they're going to see Ray or they're going to see Roy. And they see that the, you are already there and you have a staying power. Let's talk about the emphasis of being uh, a person of place, of the staying power, the long-standing testimony that we might have. That's a good one. Well, I'm gonna, I'll chime in on it. So, um, I got these notes, right, that I haven't been able to use. <laughs> you know, and the funny thing is, is I don't even use notes because it's not, it's not how I work. But I was like, well, this is a radio show, so I better have something because this you know because i can go on man about and go all the way around but anyway so i have well if that's what god wants first off as far as you to stay up at a particular place if we get that out the way um change can really only happen through dedication practice and commitment so if we stay committed to our callings and implement the practices that we that induce real spiritual change then the possibilities for growth for growth in our communities would be endless now a little personal situation and i have this on down the line though but this just speaks to it we have uh we had a guy well a few people but i'll just mention this this guy he's he's passed away now his name is jerry we uh were our church were was on uh right off 38th and keystone just south and um you know that's that area was really saturated with with drugs and, and alcohol so the guys would come in and come into the little church building i mean they staggering in there drunk and one guy, he always came drunk. I mean, he would come in the house, could come in there drunk, and he's cussing out the pastor drunk. And then my, my mother, my pastor, she would say, the God, she, God says to her, you better not uh, push him out because everybody else that was in the community supposed to be church, they were throwing these people out. Mm -hmm. So because she didn't throw him out and he kept coming, you just seen the thing just drop off year by year by year to, to all of a sudden he's totally submerged in God, man. He's totally living um, this this life with all of the dysfunctions that he came in with because we we, we chose to stay because, to tell you, you know, we, we have that will so we, we could leave if we wanted. But because she chose to obey God and chose to stay the, the time that we were, you know, there, then the people's their demons was just dropping off man and he was one of them and he became a great friend um a great brother and um a tremendous testimony mm. so it's great that's interesting because as you was talking about that it came to my mind how many people talked about christ when he was talked to the samaritan woman mm -hmm. or, you know or um he was in a position where he told zacchaeus come down I'm going to dine at you in your house. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they, they call him a wine bibber or a gluttonous, and he was a, a friend among sinners. And, uh, you know, we got more people that got problems in the church than outside the church. Yeah. We, we got to go outside those four walls, you know. I hope that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But we got to go out and reach. We got to compel those to go out there in the communities, man. And something else is in my brain, but I, I, I keep going back to my mom. I apologize, but... Um, there's a lot more to this, you know, and um, I guess that's 
all I need to say at that point. But we got to be like Christ and just tell, <clears throat> excuse me, tell people about who he is because you're going to get a bad reputation. But when you go to do good, you got to be consistent and persistent. For me personally, people know me in Anderson on Wednesday nights. They know my car is going to be parked in front of that church for prayer on Sundays my car is going to be parked in front of that church but here's the difference when I'm at work my car is going to be parked out there my car my car is not going to be parked at a club my car is not going to be parked over uh Shay Shay or 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 Samika's house you know I'm going home okay and so you got to be held accountable and God's going to hold you accountable and then we got to hold each other accountable every like you said, man, strong shall bear the infirmities of the weak. I'm, I'm right now, my heart is broken. I'm weak. I can go out. To, the enemy can say, man, let's go, let's go get a drink. Let's go hang out with Landon. Go do some things, you know. But my Holy Spirit says, stay right there. The Bible says, be steadfast and unmovable. Always abiding in the word. So if we abide in the word, that's going to sustain us. So, Emphasis on, re- on reputation is huge. And... Uh, Quoting 1 Corinthians 16 here, uh, Ray, thanks so much for that. The emphasis about being steadfast. Uh, certainly the book of 1 Peter speaks to this issue about when people see us, uh, they, they must see us as aliens and strangers in the earth. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12 emphasizes that we are different and that they have nothing bad to say about us. That's what that yeah. passage goes on to say. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there it is, you know, yeah. when you're not in front of Tamika's house or in front of the club or yeah. whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever you don't want to park your car, man, uh, wherever that might be. So how else about the public good? Anybody else want to jump in on this? When you're talking about the power of standing in the same neighborhood or even serving the same people, it's just consistency. Mm. That's, the, that's the power, mm. right? Because people want to see consistency. They want to make sure that you're authentic and that you're real about what you're professing, right? You so, so it's just being consistent, you know, even in those days when, when things are not going right and you want to give up, you want to quit and give in, you know, your consistency. Because a lot of people are counting on us, even when they're weak. They're counting on us and 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 uh, to be strong. Mm. So a lot of times we don't want to be strong. We have to be strong because once again, there's those people that are watching us because they're looking to see if we're going to fail. They're looking to see if uh, if uh, our confession is not going to line up, you, you know, to the word of God or you know, being at Shamika's house or being at the club or being at the liquor store or wherever we're being. You know what I'm saying? People are watching us because I I believe people are looking for you to fail. They want you to fail. Mm -hmm. Right. So they can then curse God. Right. So it's our responsibility. So we have a huge responsibility to stay consistent no matter where we're going, no matter what we're dealing with, what we're uh, going through. We have to stay consistent. And that's how we change people's lives, because now that's where the transformation comes in at. And that's really shows that the true power of God by us staying consistent in the trenches. Mm. I think didn't I see a profile picture of you behind a pulpit someplace? Uh, I, 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 I think I saw that. <laughs> yeah, you're right here, feeling right at home here this morning, man. This is great stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the issue of consistency is faithfulness, and that's what it's all yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Curriculum Writer, oh, Lord. Roy. <laughs> he said, "Oh, yeah. come on now." Well, uh, just piggyback, just staying the course. Uh, what God has called you to do, whether being a father, because I mean, we, we, we're many things. Uh, a father, preachers, you know, ministers, friends, brothers, just staying consistent uh, and staying the course. 
walking life out with those God has placed in your life. Uh, it, it's a powerful witness and a tool. So just staying, staying the course, uh, loving people, uh, you know, uh, caring, giving, you know, all the things that uh, Christ would do. You know, I, I'm afraid to say this, and I'm, you know, so I'm looking y'all in the eye when I'm, I'm saying this now. If I give y'all two minutes, two, two minutes. <laughs> All right, so here it is. We got about 10 minutes left in our program. I really would love to have everybody here from each one of you kind of give a summary. Uh, you can take this any direction you want to take it, uh, any subject you want to deal with, something that's on your heart right now. Um, take a couple of minutes, each of you, just to tell everybody something about you, about your ministry, about your place, uh, about B-Men Inc., whatever it might be. Uh, let's, t- let's give the last few minutes here to y'all. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess I'll start off. So basically, you know, my name is Terrell Sarver, and uh, I have a true passion for men. You know, uh, I grew up without a father. He wasn't in my life consistently like I wanted him to be. Uh, I didn't have a lot of positive uh, male role models in my life, uh, you know, at the time. So I have a passion. So uh, due to that, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life as a man. And so God has transformed my life in such a way that I just I just want to give back to men. I just I just want to pour back into men. I just want to uh, uh, let men know that we can live a life that is pleasing to God. You know, that we can be providers of our family, that we can love God without our heart, mind and soul, that we don't have to be around here chasing after women you know uh living with women living off of women that we can be men first before we even enter into relationships of any kind with any women and that we can just be men you know and 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 help and help create uh 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 something positive versus tearing down and breaking people's hearts and stealing money from people and just you know take advantage of people i want men to be men and that's my mandate and i feel like that's what god has called for me to be i've had a lot of women come out to you know uh reach out to me and wanted me to help them as well and i would love to do that but that's just not my assignment that's not what he's called me to do you know uh you know if if men feel like they've been called to women that's fine but that's just not my assignment you know my assignment is men because i feel like God is 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 uh, has a serious call for men to straighten up and to fly right and be the men that He has called us to be. I believe too is that uh, you know God is looking for men to, to to repent and to apologize for not being obedient all the way back in that garden. You know, I I feel like the reason why this world hasn't changed is because men uh, 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 collectively haven't said I apologize. For, for allowing, you know, the enemy to trick us and not to make the right decisions, you know, be disobedient to God. So I think it starts with men just saying, you know what, I'm sorry, I messed up. And, you know, God, I need your help to straighten this thing out. And then when he puts us in position and give us that roadmap to to do the right thing, we got to stay consistent with that. So that's my two minutes. I hope I didn't go over that. <laughs> Somebody else jump in. Um, I, I, I concur with uh, Elder Sarver with that uh, I believe that we do have to be the li- living example we are the faith agents we, we God uses us um, in the manifestation of his work uh, the continuity the consistency um, and, and if you really think about it Christ was, Christ was, was consistent in his responses, in his work in his miracles, in his healing his um, even with his critics, he was <laughs> he was consistent. And I think that what we have to do is, even in adversity, we still have to be consistent. 
even in frustration, we still have to be consistent. That means we still have to be able, as the Bible says, be overcomers. We are more than conquerors. So uh, in the light of that, if I, if I could just, I'll share this real quick, and I, I don't want to take any, any more time. We are Christians. We are made in the image of Christ himself. So being Christians, it is important that we do take ministry outside of the four walls because Christ had a church with no walls. Right. His ministry, his, his Sermon on the Mount, that was, that was church without walls. And as we are dialoguing here, uh, as we're doing, you know, doing Facebook Live and every, everything, comments are going up. They're saying that, you know, actions speak louder than the words. And so now here is the platform. The platform has been set. The question is, as they said on here, what are we going to do with it? So now this is an opportunity. Mark has given us an opportunity to take this platform and really spread this more than where it is because we can talk about it. But now it's about being about it because the, even, the, even Christ says, yeah, I just don't want you to be hearers of the word. I want you to be doers of the word. So now we have to put application to it. Yes, sir. There it is. There it is. Somebody else. Amen. Um, my particular, uh, I have this term God gave me. It's like um, your... Your concept of God reflects your experience with God. Now, this is this is for the world, but specifically, and I, I kind of regret, not regret, but I'm kind of reluctant to say this, specifically to our Christian brothers and sisters, when you have your concept of God reflects your experience, your concept of Jesus, of Christ, reflect, reflects how you're going to live out this walk, how you're going to show up. Um, how you're, uh, how you meet the world, how you engage, you know, and we have a tendency to get in habits of understanding. And again, we, we latch on to other people's commissions. We all have one com commission, but the commissions are, are very different individually. And we all, we latch on and we forget about our commission to the point that we don't show up. And that's because we think of God in a particular way and what that does is that is that 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 makes you don't that it makes you not show up how you how you can and how you are so your concept of god will reflect your experiences in this world mm. that's mine there's a there's a saying that some of you might have heard this um life is 10 percent what happens to you and 90 percent how you respond to it and so, and as a, a pastor was talking about, they say action speaks louder than words. Well, <clears throat> I'm in the trenches. I work and I mentor with kids. And, uh, you know, and Terrell has seen me uh, in a little bit of action with one of my potential, hopefully, NBA prospects that I've been working with. Um, I minister to, I, I, I pour into these young men, you know, kids who've had problems, kids who need an escape and they look at me and I, it's, it's my opportunity to put the word of God into them not only through talents through ex educational experience with basketball to teach them about the game of itself but to teach them about the game of life the game uh, uh, the word of Christ the word of God and so um, I just want to say that you know in my one minute left just walk the walk talk the talk be who you are and be consistent, as we all talked about, and just let the light shine in you, 
and keep doing the things that we're doing right now and just be men, be mentors, be consistent, be be proficient, and just be strong in Christ. Mm. That's the best thing. That's where I can say it right now. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yes. Well, um, really, what's in my heart to kind of leave off is just to uh, encourage our brothers to strengthen their relationship with God. I think when we start there, um, He'll lead us and guide us. Uh, he'll help us to fulfill our vision, our purpose. But uh, because I've been a man that's made some mistakes, uh, suffered through a divorce, and, you know, when I look back on it, I was busy, very busy, you know, active. But my relationship, you know, God wasn't really first in my life. And uh, so I just want to encourage brothers who are leaders, don't let that relationship drop. Don't put it to the back or, you know, say I'm doing well and I don't have to worry about it, but cultivate your relationship with God. Mm. That, that's my encouragement for brothers out there. Mm. Cultivate your relationship with God. Stay in the Word uh, because it pertains to you uh, as you proceed through this journey. Mm. Yes, sir. That's good. These are yeah. powerful words, gentlemen. Grateful for them all. Uh, thank you ever so much for spending time with us here today. Two thank hours. You. Thank you. You're more than welcome. Uh, Anytime uh, you all have other folks that you think need to be on a program like this, don't ever, ever hesitate to give me a shout, and uh, let's see what we can do about making this uh, kind of thing happen. One of the things, as I suggested early in the program, is the uh, unity between black and white churches, uh, certainly between um, African-American and Euro-American men uh, is a huge issue, I think, for us. Uh, we need to keep working at those kinds of things in the city of Indianapolis. Amen. We have a great opportunity uh, to, to be the light, as Ray Tolbert has mentioned a number of times this morning, uh, and that this light shines through us, and that wherever we are, people see us and they say, you know, there's really something different about us, and that's really crucial. We do this not just in our communities, but in our churches, and specifically in our homes with the people that we live with. Uh, so I had somebody talk to me this last week about uh, loving your neighbor. And I said, you know, the closest neighbor are the people that live in your house. Your closest neighbor are the people that are listening in your house and living in your house. And that is our closest neighbor. So when we think about loving our neighbor, love the people that are right there with you. Love the people that, you know, go to bed with you at night, that wake up in the morning and eat breakfast with you. Love those people, and that love then will manifest itself in many other ways. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Uh, next week, we have Sharon, who is going to be uh, sharing with us. She's from Christian Theological Seminary. She's a counselor there. I can't wait uh, for Ms. Mason to be with us because we're going to be talking about the necessity of thinking Christianly about how we counsel folks, and that's coming up this next week. This week, of course, we have been with B-Men. Uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, find us on LinkedIn. Uh, we are all over the social media platforms. Also, go to warpandwoof.org. That's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org. And the Cominius Institute, cominiusinstitute.com. We have all kinds of videos, podcasts, essays, everything that you can imagine that help, will help you make bridges uh, between the Christian world and the culture in which we live. We're grateful for your attendance with us today. If you're listening on the podcast later, uh, Godspeed to all who listen. We'll look forward to next week. God bless.